Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. be discussing season five episode five titled shot seeker yet another great great episode that has a lot going on like this is another fairly fairly dense one like i'll try to keep this discussion as economical as i possibly can but i got almost a full page of notes on this one so no promises so We'll start by talking about this episode's number. This time around, we got our new number. Uh, He's an analyst at uh, the Real-Time Crime Center working on this platform, Shot Seeker. It's currently in action. It's got microphones throughout the city that detect gunshots. He's basically there to flag false positives. He's there to look at positives that come in And be like, okay, is this like a car backfiring or a firecracker or something like that? Or is it an actual gunshot? And he's acting weird. Like, really weird. Like, really, 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 really weird. And we see him go into some woman's apartment and like pounding on her door like hey where are you and all that and her neighbors are like what the hell are you doing why are you here what are you doing and this guy's like where is this person where is this woman have you seen her and they're like no i haven't seen anything and then this dude with reese following him just takes out a gun and breaks into said apartment No one's there, but as Reese is arresting him, he just takes the gun and fires it randomly. Just at nothing. And apparently, the reason he was doing this, not because, like, he was up to any nefarious business, he's not a perpetrator as we initially think, uh, but he's actually proving that there was a false negative. That Shotseeker flagged some gunshots in this woman's apartment as firecrackers, but the sound was closer to the model of gun he just shot. And he shot it again, and guess what? Shotseeker flagged it as a positive. So, something's fishy. There's a cover-up happening. This woman in this apartment where the shots happened disappeared, like, immediately after that false negative happened. And so now we are shifting to, okay, someone 
is targeting this guy probably because of his investigation. The only way to protect this dude is to follow this investigation to its natural conclusion. The only way to protect this dude is to follow this investigation and to be with him at every possible moment of it. So we're now investigating this murder that is getting covered up by Shotseeker and that no one seems to be really investigating. No one seems to be investigating this disappearance. And we find out over the course of this that she was having conversations with this charity. Uh, They go over to that charity and we find out that she was bringing to them... This is a world hunger-focused charity... And she's bringing to them a, some research that she's done into freeze-drying fresh foods, fresh produce. To give them a much, much longer shelf life. And feed people in starving areas of the world. Which is noble. However, big corporation people... We're hammering at her door, also really, 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 really wanting this and offering cartoonish sums of money to get it from her. And she was sticking her to, to her convictions. Yeah, to her convictions. Like, no, 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 no. I'm giving it to charity. 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 I'm actually going to do something and I'm actually going to help people. And then literally, immediately after she said, I'm doing it, this charity, the minute after everything was confirmed, she goes missing and this false negative shot seeker stuff happens. She is probably dead now. And everything's going screwy. And apparently at the same time, while that was happening, this charity got hacked. And the one and only file they had of the research was stolen. So someone hacked Shot she, Shot. I can't say the name. Shot C. Kerr and this charity at the same time. Simultaneous hackings. Almost immediately after. They find out about this. Fuss goes with them at the time. Because Reese is dealing with another thing. We'll get to that later. um, Almost immediately after this happens. They leave. And then a shot seeker alert comes. From right at their location. And. A description comes in of. Our number. So basically. Shotseeker got hacked again, and someone called in an anonymous tip saying our number is a killer when he's really not. And so police show up and are about to, like, shoot him, and Fusco's standing in front of him like, no, I'm a cop, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot, he didn't, he didn't do anything, don't shoot. So, he skates past this. So we're now trying to find more information on this. We find out that the hack on... There's no evidence of the shot seeker hack. There is evidence of the hack on the charity. And it is coming from the corporation that wanted this freeze-drying research. 
it is coming from this one company. So, this looks to be pretty cut and dry, corporate espionage, blah, 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 blah. And then, this woman's neighbor calls our number wanting to meet. And as they're getting ready for said meeting, a shot seeker alert comes from not that far away from this woman's place of work and her number comes in. So we rush over there. Also, Shotseeker has it as a negative. Again, false negative. So... We're rushing over there to try and save her, to try and save her, to try and save her. We get there, like, as she is bleeding out, as she is on the brink of death, like, to the point where there's really no hope for her. Uh, Reese goes after this one guy and then gets kidnapped. Now, for the longest time, we believe that it is this corporation that has kidnapped him. For the longest time, we believe it has to do with our number, but it actually doesn't. It ends up being uh, for another subplot that, again, we'll get to later. Also, in the midst of all this, so, turns out that uh, there was nothing recorded on camera of a call being made from the payphone that it was made from. That payphone is broken, so it just sort of materialized out of thin air. This is the straw that broke the camel's back, proverbially speaking, because... Who is the one entity in the world? What's the one entity in the world that has the sophistication to... Hack Shotseeker multiple times. Hack a charity and steal a major file. And originate a call from a payphone that was never made. Who is the one entity that can do all of that virtually simultaneously? You guessed it. Samaritan. This is not a case of corporate espionage. This is not a case of the big corporation versus the little guy trying to help people. This is Samaritan wants this research for whatever reason we don't know. This is another case of Samaritan trying to control humanity's path. Now, as you expect, Finch and Rue, they want to keep this Close to the chest because of the whole, you know, Samaritan thing. They want to proceed with caution. Fusco, not knowing that Samaritan's a thing, and getting increasingly pissed off at being left in the dark, starts rallying the troops and getting the police to comb the city for Reese, and starts, he's he's basically on the warpath, rattling every single cage that could possibly be rattled. 
So we now have to save Reese from, at the moment we think Samaritan, but actually not, and Fusco from himself, and our number from Samaritan for realsies. Now, the rest of this episode, the rest of the major events of this episode for our number take place at the precinct. Because literally, this guy, Fusco handcuffs him to a table so he doesn't put himself in danger, and Samaritan's just sending assassin after assassin after this dude. Like, he sends, uh, it sends one assassin, Fusco takes him out, and then it sends reinforcements that are in route. Root now takes advantage of the open system and tries to find information on Reese, on uh, the van. Both turn up nothing. And then she eventually finds a call, or not a call, archive audio from the moments before this woman's death, before the neighbor's death. And she mentions a hard drive. So, she mentions a hard drive that our original missing person had. So, she goes to her apartment and searches. But she's not searching alone. Because Blackwell is also there. Remember Blackwell? The guy whose number came up and... They dismissed it because it was during the time when the machine was going all screwy and he ended up becoming a Samaritan asset. Yeah, that Blackwell, he's also there. Root sneaks past him in order to get the hard drive from the vent, but then there's an immediate standoff between the two of them. And Root tries to interrogate him over Samaritan and he's like, what are you talking about? And Root's like, Oh, wow, you really don't know. You really have no idea what you've become a part of. Okay, look. You don't want to go back to jail. I don't want you to get this hard drive. Let's agree to disagree. Blackwell agrees to this. Agrees to their agreeing to disagree. Agreement. I made this way more complicated in words than it needed to be. <laughs> Basically, they agree to leave each other alone. They, they agree that they are at an impasse, and neither one of them... If, if this continues, if this standoff continues, it's going to go poorly for both of them, so Blackwell just lets Root go. Or rather, they let each other go. And Root's like, okay, look. You work for an organization called Samaritan. They probably told you what they're doing is all great and wonderful. They probably told you uh, that they're morally right. Well, guess what? They're lying. So now we're leaving Blackwell to stew and whatever the hell's gonna happen to him. I can tell you right now, this is not the last we've seen of him. This is not the last we've seen of that dude. And now... We have this hard drive. We open up the hard drive, and it is the backup copy of this woman's research. The original hack, by the way, that Samaritan did, Samaritan placed a version of the file on this corporation's computer system that is impossible to open for any human. Like, Heavily, heavily, heavily encrypted. Cannot be accessed. 
so that it looks like they're the perpetrators in this. But actually, no one can access it. It only belongs to Samaritan now. Now, Root sort of deduces that if they post the article, if they release the article to a bunch of scientific journals, then the threat to our number passes because what Samaritan's afraid of will have passed. There'll be no reason to kill him anymore. Uh, he can just remain alive. So they exploit this loophole. Root posts the article, and our number is alive, and everything is great. But Fusco still wants to investigate these suicides and missing persons. So, yeah. He's not, uh, he's not gonna let the stop if you go down this path, you will become a target, and someone will try to kill you. Uh, he's not letting that, he's not letting that go. He's not letting that, uh, he's not taking that information to heart, let's say. He's not taking that warning all that seriously, because he doesn't know. He doesn't know about the machine, he doesn't know about Samaritan. Remember, Fusco, as involved as he is in all this, is still in the dark. He does not know what any of this is. As far as he knows, like, Reese and Finch are the magic men with the magic info that is magically saving people. Magic. 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 So he's just, like, hammering the drum of, I'm gonna find these people, I'm gonna find these people, I'm gonna find these people, I'm gonna find these people. Now, let's talk about this subplot I was talking about earlier in which Reese gets captured. So, one of Elias's oldest partners, one of Elias's oldest friends, who's very pissed about Elias getting shot and presumed dead, shows up to Fusco, it comes up to Fusco and is like, hey, tell me what happened. Tell me what happened right now or... Maybe something bad will happen to your son. And Fusco's like, no, F off. I can't say anything. I I, ha- I don't even know what's happening. Like, I, I don't have any of the answers of who killed him or who tried to kill him. Like, I, I, I don't know. I have no information. And the dude's like, okay, tell your partner John to come to me. And Fusco approaches him like, okay, look, you gotta, you gotta deal with this. He threatened my kid. I will not let that stand. And Reese is like, oh, yeah, he threatened your kid. I'm I'm absolutely going to talk to this dude. Absolutely, 100%. So Reese comes up to this guy and is like, hey, listen, I know you want to get revenge for Elias. Also... If you look too closely, things are gonna get real bad for you. So, F off. Also, don't target Fusco's son again. Don't approach Fusco even again. Or things will also go very, very bad for you for entirely different reasons. This is clearly not enough for this guy, because right in the middle of Reese chasing down one of Samaritan's agents, he gets captured by this dude. And they have this big standoff where the dude's demanding for information, demanding for information, and Reese's like, look, I am not going to tell you, 
I'm not going to tell you. Eventually, he's like, okay, I'll tell you and only you, but the rest of your men have to leave. And the dude's men are like, no, no, we're not leaving. We're not leaving. And then Reese is like, okay, and just beats them all up. And then the dude's... And, and then he takes Elias's compatriot, Elias's friend, and is like, okay, now it's just you. I will tell you what happened to Elias. And Reese calls Finch, who's very relieved to hear that Reese is not a Samaritan captive. And Reese is like, okay, look, this guy wants to know what happened to Elias. He won't take no for an answer. Meet me in 30 minutes. And they go to the safe house. Where it is revealed that Elias is alive. Elias is very much alive. He is good. Uh, He's in a hospital bed, still recuperating, but he is off the grid and all good. Turns out, uh, just after the hit, Fusco took a risk and... Got Elias to the safe house, and everything was all good. Everything was wonderful. And they've been watching over him ever since. They've had him under observation ever since. And we just haven't known about it until now. And Elias talks to his old friend and is like, look... You need to go back into the shadows right now. There's a new player. And one we cannot possibly hope to beat. In fact, it would be suicide to try. Go back to the shadows. Go back underground. And do not come up again. We've lost. It's over. Save yourself. Now, this kind of brings up the question, um, does Elias know about Samaritan? Does Elias, does Elias know about the machine and Samaritan? Did, did at some point in the last few episodes, at some point, did, did Finch or Reese or one of them tell Elias about What's really going on about this battle between uh, artificial intelligences? Did that happen? Is that a is that a thing that occurred? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting little quandary. But this dude takes his advice and goes underground. Now, last little bit, last little plot line I wanna I wanna talk about. So, the Finch... The Finch. (laughs) Idiot. Finch used the malware that they got from Samaritan to create a miniature Samaritan clone and locked it in a Faraday cage. He then created a miniature clone of the machine. Put it in the same Faraday cage, uh, connected them both to a central computer, and let them fight. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Samaritan and the machine ran through 10 billion, over 10 billion 
different scenarios. And out of those 10 billion plus scenarios, the machine won exactly zero. Nothing. The machine lost every single time. So, yeah. We are quite literally uh, in overwhelming odds. <laughs> it's about as overwhelming as it gets. 10 billion to zero. Yeesh. Uh, wow, makes, uh, makes the odds of Infinity War and Endgame seem... Seem pretty damn good by comparison. Like, <laughs> Doctor Strange doing, like, two million whatever possible futures and only one can uh, win. That, that's, that's more, that's better odds than the machine has against Samaritan. Eek. Eek. Ooh. Ooh. Not great. So yeah, that's the episode. God, was there so much happening. God, was there so much going on. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, if you like this, favorite podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll pay those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468. And support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I will be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. On Monday, we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 6. Talk to you then.